This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Good to see you all tonight. Thank you so much for coming, being here this evening. I know that uh, <laughs> had to put your hip waders on to get here, but it's all good. For those of you watching online, it's been raining here for two days, in case you're wondering. But uh, um, it's a great time to be alive. Amen. Why? Because, praise God, we have the privilege of ushering in the coming of the King. Praise God. He said, lift up your heads, for your redemption draws what? Nigh or near. Hallelujah. So while there's a lot of things going on in the world that are uh, troublesome and uh, devastating, all of those things, thank God Jesus is coming. Our King is coming. And we can rejoice in that. And thank God it is our hope. And so thank God for the privilege of being able to know him. Can you turn this down just a little bit? Because it seems like it's ringing. Okay. Yeah. Can you still hear me? If I get to yelling and screaming, you'll hear me. Praise the Lord. Y'all bring a Bible with you tonight? Let's open our Bibles to the book of James chapter 1. We're going to use James as our text this evening. Glory to God. Thank you, Father, for your blessing. Hallelujah. James chapter 1, and when you found that, let's pray together and, and get ready to receive. <clears throat> Father, I'm so grateful tonight to be able to be the person that has the privilege of being able to communicate your truths to this group of people and those that are watching online. And so, Father, I, I thank you in advance for utterance in the Holy Ghost I thank you, Father God, for the spirit that raised Christ from the dead that dwells in us, that illuminates, that leads, guides, brings all things to our remembrance, those things that you've spoken to us, that which is found within the Word of God. And Father God, I thank you for helping each and every one of us to build upon the foundation that's already been established within each and every one of us, which is Christ Jesus. We thank you for truth tonight, Father. Because your truth is what sets men and women free. And so we thank you as we declare both the nature and character of God this evening through the word of God, that great grace and blessing will rest upon our lives. Encouragement, hope, peace, joy, hallelujah, all of that which has been born of you because of the new birth that's in Christ Jesus. For that we rejoice and we thank you for it, Father. In the name that's above every name, the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Look with me, if you would, please. James chapter 1, verse 21. It says in the King James, reading from the King James, Wherefore lay apart, or lay aside, all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness. Now, I know that each and every one of you understand exactly what that is. Isn't that right? I mean, where do they come up with this stuff? Come on. I could read it to you from another translation. The New International reads it this way. It says, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent. Well, I'd say we got a lot of moral filth going on. We've got a lot of evil that is very prevalent. huh? So the Bible tells us to get rid of that, lay aside all these things, and receive with meekness or humility the engrafted word, hallelujah. Or humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you, is what the uh, New International says. But in again, the King James, it says, receive with meekness 
the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word. Everybody say doers of the word. Yeah, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving <laughs> your own selves. The New Living Translation says that when, you, when you're not a doer of the word, it says it this way. It says you're only fooling yourself. Huh? And uh, so praise God, we want to make sure that we're not deceiving ourselves, but we're being a doer of the word. Hallelujah. Let me ask you a question this evening, just kind of get things started off. I mean, <clears throat> hasn't, hasn't the, the Word of God been a life-changing experience for you in your life? I mean, just when you think about it, I mean, I know I'm amongst believers here, and, you know, when we think about our past, where it is that we've, we've come from, but it's just such a, a life-altering experience that the living Word of God has, I guess you could say, performed within our lives. We're not the same people. Hallelujah. We're born of the Spirit of God. His very presence has come to make its home within our hearts. We've been cleansed by the blood of Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad for that? I mean, it's such a wonderful thing to experience new life, to be born of the Spirit of God and to enjoy heaven's best and to know that heaven is going to be your home. Glory to God. So if everything unravels, thank God we know where we're going. Aren't you glad for that? Huh? Amen. And so it's changed our lives. It's altered our lives. And, uh, you know, if we were to take time, I mean, I sure I could go around here and people would say, man, I tell you what, God's Word changed my life in this way, or God's Word did this, or God's Word did that. You know, it's the living Word of God. Hallelujah. And thank God for that. So, you know, um, this is a simple and yet it's a powerful, powerful fact and profound truth that the blessings of life and good success are the result of being doers of the Word of God. I don't believe that God ever intended for this thing to be difficult. Are you listening to me? In other words, he just, he came upon the scene and he began to preach, repent, because the kingdom of God is near at hand. And the Bible says he went about preaching the gospel. The gospel is good news. Aren't you glad that the Bible's good news? Aren't you glad that God brought good news? He didn't bring bad news, brought good news. Hallelujah. And it's through the good news or the gospel that you and I come to know the will of God and the plan of God and the purpose of God for each and every one of our lives. Hallelujah. You know, none of us are here by accident. We're here by divine design. God intended that you would be here on this planet during the generation that you and I are living in. And he's got a plan for each and every one of us. Of course, the pursuit of that plan becomes the objective of every person. But again, you know, coming back to this simple thought is simply this, that the blessings of life and good success are the result of doing or being doers or practicing the Word of God. Now, the truth of the matter is, is sometimes practicing the Word of God, doing the Word of God, is not always the easiest. Huh? Matter of fact, sometimes it can be kind of painful, you know? And sometimes, let's just face it, you know, when you're warring with, you know, dealing with your flesh and all this and that and the other, you really don't want to, okay? But yet, right on the other hand, if you and I are going to take the high road, 
if you and I are going to be bigger than whatever it is that we're dealing with, and we're going to make a decision, a choice, not because of the way we feel, but because of what it is that we know, and that is that when we put the Word of God first, when we practice the Word, when we do what the Word tells us to do, in the midst of all of that, it may not be a payoff at the moment, but for sure, paydays coming because of our obedience. Can you say amen? So, being a doer of the word, Jesus said to the disciples that believed on him on one occasion, if you continue in my word, and what he meant by that is, is that, you know, as you uh, hear the word of God, as you listen, and you come to a place of accepting or receiving that, you know, and then decide that you're going to uh, acknowledge that truth or the word of God, that you're going to accept it as your own. He said, if you, uh, um, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you what? Free. It'll make you free. Hallelujah. It's the truth of God's word that makes men and women, young boys, girls, you know, whoever, free. In other words, we learn the truth about what it is that God said, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Isn't that right? Now, you know, as a teenager growing up, you know, I got out of high school for a year before I actually got saved when I was 19. But I'd, I'd develop a habit just like the rest of the people that I hung out with. We did a lot of beer drinking and everything like that. Well, some people get to the place to where, you know, alcohol begins to control their lives or drugs begin to control their lives and all of these different kinds of things. But Jesus said that he would set the captive free so that you wouldn't have to be bound by alcohol or any other substance abuse or whatever the case might be. But it's the truth. And here's my point to that is, is that when people get caught in these uh, different kinds of substance abuses, they say, I can't stop, or I can't get free, or I can't this. Well, that's not true. They believe it, but it isn't true. Are you with me? Okay. Now, you know, I'm all for people getting all the help they can from wherever they can. You know, but I know, you know, we have, uh, we have alcohol anom uh, anonymous, you know, in our country and different things like that. And a lot of times when they meet, the first thing that they say is, hi, my name is whatever, and I am a alcoholic, right? Well, I appreciate what it is that they do in terms of uh, helping men and women and holding them accountable and all of that. But the truth of the matter is, praise God, Jesus came to set the captive free. So when you get set free by him, you're no longer an alcoholic. Are you listening to me? Because I would have qualified just even as a teenager, you know, drinking all the time, being controlled by that and so on and so forth. But I can tell you right now, I ain't no alcoholic now. Amen. Because Jesus set me free and thank God for that. So again, he said, if you'll continue in my word, you're my disciples indeed, and you'll know the truth. And see, the thing of it is, is that the way that the devil destroys people's lives or holds people you know, under the tyranny of his control is through lies because he has no power. 
The only thing he can do is deceive people into thinking or believing certain things, and so they go ahead and continue to practice it. Well, the light of God's Word, when it shines in our lives about whatever it is that's going on within our life, you know, sometimes people say, well, I just can't, I can't, I can't get this figured out, or I can't, you know, get free of this, or I can't, you know, nothing seems to change. These are all lies from hell. Are you listening to me? There is an answer. God does have a solution. There is the power of God to be able to set that situation and turn it around so that it can be exactly as God intended it to be. How many of you believe that? Glory to God. So we have to be careful about what it is that we accept when it comes to our lives and what it is that's going to happen in our lives. Now, a great example of this again, when we first got saved and things, you know, got turned on to the Word, and I was just so thankful to be saved, to be born of the Spirit, to know that Jesus was real and that He was coming again. <coughs> but then I learned that He had a plan for my life, and that not only that, but it was a good plan, plans to prosper me, not to harm me, give me hope, give me a future. I didn't know any of that. I, was, I mean, I was totally outside the realm of understanding any of those truths. You know, and then someone came along and said, you know, poverty is a curse. It's not a blessing. And God wants to bless you. You don't have to live under the, the tyranny of poverty and lack. Well, you know, when you grow up under or in it, I guess is maybe a better way to say that, it takes a long time to get that unlearned and, and start to learn some things that are truth about God's plan for you. How many of you understand where I'm coming from? And so I, you know, had to go through the whole process. And of course, you know, a lot of times, you know, there'll be people that anything is, it's so unfortunate. I don't know if it's human nature or what, but you know, you find something good in the word and, and there'll be 10 people will come along and try to figure out uh, why it's not true. Isn't it sad? I mean, why can't we be on the upside of things and say, hey, all right now, I like that idea. But, you know, you still got to work through all of that, of course, you know, and, and, uh, and, and that's what we had to do. And so thank God today we have the privilege of being able to enjoy the truth of his word. Now, when, um, when the Lord was speaking to Joshua, you're familiar with the scripture in, in chapter 1, verse 8. He said, this book of the law, or the word of God, shall not depart out of your mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night in order to observe to do. Here we go again in order to observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then, then, then what? Then when you've, you know, observed it to do it, you'll make your way prosperous, and then you'll have good success. Glory to God. So being doers of the word promise prosperity and good success. Now, that's just, that doesn't mean it's just going to come, you know, falling off, falling off into your life, you know, like ripe cherries off of a tree, but it positions you to know that God is on your side and for you and wants to bless you. And in your obedience to him, he will direct your path. He'll show you where you need to go, what you need to do. And, you know, change can come and the blessing of God can occur in your life. So being a doer of the word of God has the power to change anybody's life. Did you know that? You know, we have people come into the church all the time who, 
you know, know nothing about the kingdom of heaven, you know, and they're lost and, and they don't know God and sin has controlled their life, they'll hear the word of God and it completely alters everything about their life. And of course, there's a lot of things they don't know and they have to, you know, figure out and things they need to unlearn. But thank God, the word of God, practicing the word, doing the word of God has the power to change any situation. Aren't you glad for that? You know, I mean, a lot of people are bound by anxiety, worry, care, all of these different kinds of things. But, but God hasn't called you to live underneath that. You say, yeah, but I mean, you know, there's just this going on, there's that going on, there's the other. And I realize that those things are true, but nevertheless, God has said that he will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. Isn't that right? So obviously, you know, I know, I mean, if you dwell on the things that are going on in the world, it can get pretty crazy. But thank God you don't have to. Amen. So always remember, we're in this world, but we're not of it. But Jesus was continually, or I should say it this way, Jesus continually taught about the value and the power of being a doer of the word. I made reference to John chapter 8 and verse 31 and 2. Talked to you about Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8 as well. But notice this, you know, um, in, the, in the context of what we refer to as the Sermon on the Mount, chapters 5, 6, and 7 of the book of Matthew, at the conclusion of all of that, Jesus made this simple statement. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and do, does them, I will liken him unto a wise man that built his house upon a rock. Okay? Whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and what? Does them. Does them. Does them. Wise. On a rock. Being established. But then again, he says, whoever hears these sayings of mine and doesn't do them, I'll liken him unto a foolish man who built his house upon the sand. So when the winds and the floods and the rain come, you know, the same circumstances blast against everybody. But it's what you and I choose to do with the Word of God that makes a difference whether we're still standing after the storm. Isn't that right? So we just got to make a decision. And again, the decision can't be made or the choice can't be made on the basis of the way you feel because your feelings are fickle and they'll always cause you to lose. There are just some things in life that we just have to, you know, we can't go by the way we feel because if we, if we went by the way we felt, we'd throw something. Okay? But that's not an option if we're going to walk in the light of the Word of God. Amen. And so we'll, we'll practice what it is that he said, and we'll have the predictable results that he wants us to have. And this is true in any area of your life, whether you're trying to figure out how to do marriage. You know, um, I think sometimes, you know, when it comes to, to married life, I mean, um, I don't, th I, at least we got a little bit, but I mean, we didn't know how to do life as married couple. I mean, we just, you know, like said, I do. Why? Well, we're in love. Well, you've all been through that before. And, you know, that only goes about so far. How do we actually, you know, function in a relationship with our spouses in a healthy, whole, kind of, wholesome kind of way? 
you know, and, and, and learning those kinds of things and trying to avoid pitfalls that inevitably come, you know. And people then, they, you know, after a little bit, they say, well, I didn't sign up for this. Well, maybe we should have done a little better job on the prep part. You know what I'm saying? And so it's important for us to, to understand that there is instruction in the Word of God as to how it is that we're to do these things. In Mark chapter 4, you're familiar with it. In chapter 4 and verse 14, uh, Jesus said, The sower sows the Word. And these are they by the wayside. He describes the different types of soil where this same seed is being sown, but in so many places it's not producing because of the environment that it finds itself to be in. And as a matter of fact, you know, when you get down to the bottom where it's in good ground, it, it says that that seed, it produces 30, 60, and 100-fold. So a 100-fold return on the seed is a, a small percentage from the whole rest of the group. You know what I'm saying? In other words, you know, there's four different types of soil, if I'm, if I'm correct about this. So you got 25% of the entire group that's producing anything. And of that 25%, you know, you got 30, 60, and 100. Everybody say, I want in the 100 group. Amen. But that's only 8%. Are you listening to me? So eight out of 100 are the ones that are going to produce that. And you might as well decide, I'm going to get in that one. Amen. But I tell you, it does take some diligence. It does take some discipline. You know, and people will say, well, you know, God loves them better than me. Now, where'd you come up with that theology? Huh? Well, you know, they had it easier than I did, or they didn't have this, or they, you know, they, they didn't have that. And, and, and some of that may be true, but you know what? The last time I read in the Bible, praise God, God's Word's not bound because of what we did or didn't have, and that He's able to redeem. And you have to, you have to posture yourself in that place of thinking and way of thinking or attitude, or the devil will beat you out of the blessing of God. Well, they got it better than I did. Might be right, but thank God God's living word is well able to cause you to rise to the top. The cream always rises to the top. Everybody say, I'm the cream. Amen. Praise God. So that's what you got to decide that's going to happen within your life. Everyone, it doesn't matter who it is, everyone desires favorable results in their life. Don't you? Huh? You know, you don't wake up in the morning and say, boy, I sure hope things go terrible today. No, everyone desires, you know, a favorable results and good success within their lives. But there's a couple different reasons why we fail in our life, and one of them is the ignorance of the truth. I mean, man, I went through a lot of hell, and I know that you did too because of what you didn't know. Are you listening to me? But thank God we got a hold of the truth, and of course things started to change. The second thing that happens because of fa or causing failure is the failure to appropriate or to act on what it is that we know or what it is that we've learned. It's like the one saying that somebody said one place, they said, if we all did what we know, we'd all be rich, skinny, and happy. Huh? I mean, there's things we know. Come on. I mean, there's stuff we know that we need to do. I mean, I ought to eat less, you know? I mean, that's, it doesn't take rocket science to figure that out. Are you listening to me? So again, you know, there's things that we can do in that. But it starts with obedience. It starts with obeying the Word and making a decision we're going to be doers of the Word. Here's an example I'll share with you in Acts chapter 19 of people who made a decision after having heard the Word of God they made a decision they were going to do something. 
All right? They were going to be a doer of the word. Paul went down there and preached. And notice with me in Acts 19 and verse 18, it says, And many who had believed, in other words, they believed the preaching of Paul. Now, we don't know exactly what it is that he preached, but many who had believed came confessing and telling their deeds. Also, many of those who had practiced magic or sorcery brought their books together and burned them in the sight of everyone, and they counted up the value of them, and it totaled 50,000 pieces of silver. Now, notice, so the word of the Lord grew, the word of God grew and prevailed. See, the living word of God that was communicated produced a result in these people. And they put down all of their sorcery and everything else, incantations and occultic kinds of stuff. And have you ever seen, I mean, in the world today right now, man, dude, I mean, it is everywhere. People indulging themselves in this stuff, and they have no clue what it is that they're getting themselves involved in. Are you with me? But these people came to know the truth. They heard it, and they did something about it. When I got saved, we had a big burn party. We burned all of our secular music, all of our rock and roll. Well, back then it was eight-track tapes, <coughs> you know. <coughs> and uh, so, you know, and it was glorious. You know, and, and, and I don't think it probably totaled 50,000 pieces of silver, but there was a fair chunk of change in that, in that burn pile. Are you listening to me? And we did it joyfully because that stuff had been destroying, you know, our lives. The message and the lyrics that were being communicated was, you know, leading to all kinds of immorality and throwing caution to the wind and doing things you shouldn't be doing, all these different kinds of things. It preached. That's what it does. It preaches, you know, to people. The only problem is, is what it preaches it causes people to wind up in hell, you know, and, of course, that's not very popular, but that's the way it is. Hey, Glenn, could you get me a bottle of water? Yeah. And uh, so, so see what these people did. They made a decision. And this is the point I want to make. You know, I mean, um, obviously, they had heard what could be um, as far as their lives are, were concerned, and they were willing to do whatever it takes. And I, I got to tell you guys, I mean, when it comes to profiting from the Word of God and having good success, man, you got to make a decision in your heart that you're going to do whatever it takes. And my wife and I, we weren't married, you know, when we first got saved, you know, we eventually did. But I mean, we made the determination we were going to do whatever it takes in order to um, um, have the kind of Jesus life that Jesus wanted to give us. And it meant, you know, that we ended up losing a lot of friends. We had a lot of friends, you know. I mean, uh, I mean, from a social standpoint, we had a lot of people that we hung out with and all different ages from even younger uh, people than ourselves to even older people, you know. But when we gave our heart to the Lord, praises, it, it, I mean, praise God. It, it's like we had the plague. Why? Because... We weren't going to live in that way anymore. And quite frankly, amongst uh, the people that we hung out with, which were people in the world, it wasn't popular. And some of you had to do the same thing. But you know, it's kind of like the Bible talks about, you know, taking joyfully the spoiling of your goods because you don't really care because nothing really matters except him anyway. 
So, so, so you, you have to, you know, weigh those things in your own heart and life. But, I mean, the, the benefit, man, is out of this world. So you just got to say, I'm, I'm doing whatever it takes, man. I'm, whatever bridge needs to be burned, man, you know, let me be the guy who sets the thing on fire. Are you with me? Hmm. Smooth. Hallelujah. So, <clears throat> where were we here? Well, again, let me make this statement. You know, um, well, let me use this example. You know, when it comes to our personal lives, you know, people a lot of times they'll make this statement. You know, you'll hear them say, well, when is my circumstance going to change? You know, it's like, it's like they're tapping their foot and they're mad at you. You know what I'm saying? You know, if this stuff is really what you say it is, you know, and this, this you know, the word works and all that, you know, when, when, when's it going to change? When's it going to change? Well, I'm glad you asked. Circumstances begin to change when we put the Word of God into practice. Amen. You know, I don't know, I don't know everybody's situation, you know, but I know God. And when people start blaming me, God, and everybody else for their problems, I know there is a problem, and it ain't me, and it ain't God. There may be a failure to act or a failure to know. You know, I share my testimony, you know, back, I mean, we love Jesus, we're on fire for God, and I, I heard the message, suggest you live by faith, but I misinterpreted what it meant. You know, I thought, well, I don't have to do anything. People like that concept. You mean I don't have to do nothing? Hey, I'm in. But that's not what it meant at all. And so the truth was misconstrued, and I didn't have the full counsel of God that just said, hey, when you put your hand to something, God will bless it. If you don't, he won't. Not because he doesn't want to, he, he can't. There's nothing for him to bless. Are you with me? And it's amazing, once I got to work, how much more blessed I was. Huh? Amen. Um, trying to, who's the guy that wrote The Purpose Driven Church? Oh, yeah, Rick Warren. And um, somebody was accusing him about, you know, having it so good and easy, you know, and, you know, he's making all this money writing these books. And, and uh, he said, well, you know what, I am blessed. I don't remember what his response was, but he said, the point that he made was, is it's amazing to me, though, that the, the more diligent I am, and as I work, the more blessed I am. And the point was simple, you know, that you got to put your hand to something, of course. And, and <clears throat> that's the unfortunate thing about, you know, folks. I mean, bless their hearts, man. you gotta, you got to get a clue that you have to find a place and a purpose that is, you know, producing for you within your life. And, and when you do, then God can bless it. Can you say amen? So um, it's important to, to understand this. Now, um, Let's go back to Ephesians. You know, when we were talking about that, that group, you know, that burned all that stuff. What caused the effect and results um, of the Word of God in their lives? In other words, what was the cause and effect of that? Well, you know, how it happened. First of all, they had to hear the Word, didn't they? 
Somebody had to come along like Paul and preach to them and say, hey, you don't have to live this way. You don't have to have your life, you know, you know, up against a wall and you don't have to, you know, live under the tyranny of this and that. So they had to hear the word of God. Then, now listen, God's word had to be received. Everybody say received. There's a lot of times I've watched people, they'll come into church. It's like their wife drags them to church and these guys will sit down in the pew. And I know, man, they, they don't want to be here, you know. And uh, you can watch them, you know, and they'll come, they usually last for about three weeks, and then they're out. And why is that? Because they don't receive what's being said. Now, I don't know why, I don't know what precipitates their, their response, but the reality is, it's just like, yeah, I don't believe this, or whatever. I was that way, okay? I thought religion was a crutch. People that are weak, they're the ones that need the Bible, you know, that kind of thing. But nothing could be further from the truth. Are you listening to me? So hopefully, praise God, as we go on down the road, that they'll be able to see it. So, it, so the word has to be received. Okay? Uh, the contrast to that would be Jesus' hometown of Nazareth. Okay? He could there do no mighty work, save he laid his hands on a few sick folk and, you know, healed them. In other words, they, they said, well, who is this cat? They looked at him from the natural they said, isn't this Joseph's son? You know, his siblings are all here. You know, this, forget this. We don't believe that. And so nothing happened. I said, nothing happened. And the, th- and the same thing's true a lot, you know, in, in Christendom, you know, uh, within evangelicalism or the church or whatever, you know, unbelief, dude, will rob you of every blessing that God ever wanted to give to you. Are you listening to me? And we see that throughout the scriptures, praise God. Everybody say it together, I'm a believer. Not a doubter. So, so the word had to be preached, it had to be received, <clears throat> and then it had to be appropriated, it had to be practiced. Amen? So that's when, you know, again, take marriage, for example. You know, when we find out that, you know, husbands, you're to love your wives, and gals, you're supposed to re- respect your husband. You, you, you know, you have to hear that, you have to receive it, and then you have to start doing it. Huh? I mean, it's just that simple. You know, what does it mean to love my wife? Well, uh, that's not our subject, but, you know, the Bible does talk about that. What does it mean to respect my husband? Well, again, that's not our subject, but the Bible talks about that. You know, some people are just cranky and ornery. They need to get, you know, if you didn't know any better, you'd think they needed to get saved again. Huh? But really all it is is flesh. Thanks for your excitement. Yeah, people, you know, they get in fights and they... You know, we think, you know, they, they come into the church, you know, and it's like they're sprouting wings, you know, and everybody's smiling, whatever. Dude, go home with them. Be the little mouse in the corner. Listen to the conversation. And then you'll find out <laughs> what's really going on. I'm telling you, praise God. Hey, Amen. This gets quiet. You start talking like this. But it, 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 what it does is it tells us the story. You know, don't be getting all mad and upset and whatever, you know, uh, at everything and everybody else, praise God. Just, just figure out, hey, I'm, I'm not flying right. And people will always say this all the time. Well, if it weren't for them, I'd be fine. You know, they're the problem. You sound like Adam, man. You know, and so anyway, praise the Lord. So again, the blessing of God, come on now. 
The blessing of life and good success are the result of being doers of the Word. It's what we do daily that brings success, not what we do in a day. Okay? Every day, praise God. i got to get up and put up with this woman over here. It's such a challenge. No, not really at all. Amen. A lot of people confuse bad decision-making with destiny. Ken Hubbard made that statement. Let me say it to you again. A lot of people confuse bad decision-making with destiny. Well, you know, this is my fate. This is just, you know, isn't this the way it always goes? Well, no. You know, things can be different. So we got to make good choices. Huh? No, no, we ain't stepping into that trap anymore. We're not going to go down the road of strife anymore. We're not going to, you know, it's our decision. It's our choice. I'm going to love, you know. I mean, my wife and I, praise God, you know, we're having a conversation, and, and all of a sudden I got to preaching to her, imagine that. And I said, man, I'm telling you, I'm going out with a bang, man. And I'm going to love people. I don't care what they do. Hallelujah. Because I'm going to do what Jesus asked me to do. And I'm not going to let them rob me of my blessing. Are you with me? Now, that's not always easy to do. But I tell you what, praise God, I'm going out with joy. You know, it's like Paul said, I've finished my course. I've ran my race. Glory to God. And there is laid up for me a reward. I ain't letting no devil or some person rob me of my reward. Now, that doesn't mean, praise God, that we don't face challenges, because we do. Some people, man, I mean, they can be mean and ugly and ornery all in one. And they can make statements and say things that are, they should never make. But I tell you what, it ain't going to deter me. Huh? And the same thing's true with you. I mean, if you want to win, how many of you want to win? Then you're going to have to get this kind of attitude. Are you with me? It's just, it's, it's just the way it is. Hallelujah. You know, <clears throat> in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, when Paul was writing to that, that group there in Thessalonica, he said, For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when you received, everybody say received, when you received the word of God which you heard of us, you received it not as a word from men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which effectually works also in you that believe. Everybody say, I'm a believer. See, we just need to believe God. We need to believe the Bible. We need to believe what he said, that he wants to bless our lives. He wants to prosper us. He wants to show us the way in which we should go. He wants to lead us in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He wants us to be full of joy. He wants us to have peace. Glory to God. And so we might as well just have it. You said, well, I ain't got no peace. Well, let's get some. Come on. I ain't got no joy. Let's get some. Let's make a decision, man. I'm going to get some joy. I'm going to walk in the light of the word. That's where joy comes from. And when you have a success, you can get happy. Come on. And you can rejoice. You say, yeah, but it's not been going good lately. Well, hey, <laughs> uh, the only direction to go is up. Huh? Come on. The Word of God must effectually be at work within us as believers. And the Word of God is effectually at work in us when we practice it. Huh? Pretty simple. You know? 
Our text, James chapter 1 and verse 21, if you want to go back there with me, you may. This is uh, from the New uh, International Version. It says, Therefore, get rid of all the moral filth and evil that's so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word, and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Do what it says. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not being or not forgetting what uh, they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. I don't know why I come up with this, but it just kind of came up on the inside of me. Some of you, praise God, you hang out with the wrong people. You say, well, yeah, but they're Christians and, you know, they're believers and all that. But dude, if they're, if they're negatrons, huh? You know what I mean by that? I mean, if they don't have a good, faith always has a good report. And if they're all talking junk, you know, and criticizing and strife and, and you know, fault finding and all that, dude, you do not want to be with them. Huh? Because <coughs> they, they, they do nothing. What they do is they subvert your good behavior and your good manner. Are you with me? People are always, you know, they're always talking their junk. Because somehow or another, they think they got a corner on the market of all truth and know how to do everything. Are you listening to me? And I can just tell you, praise God, they haven't been very far yet. That's all I got to say about that. Amen. There's crit critics abound, dude. I've been criticized by experts, you know. And, and, and it's just part of life. But you know, I'm probably not going to spend a lot of time hanging out with folk like that. Are you listening to me? Now I'll do what I can to help them. I mean, you know, praise God. You know, uh, maybe we could change the subject or do something different here. But I, I, I think sometimes it's easy for us. Um, <laughs> well, I think it's easy for us to think we're doing the word sometimes when we're not. Okay. Because if we could listen to ourselves, maybe, uh, maybe we might change our tune a little bit. You know, hallelujah. Here's a verse of scripture I used last Sunday. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Psalm 107, verse 20. He sends his word. In other words, I mean, it doesn't make any difference who you are, if it's Kaylee or anybody else. God is going to send his word to this girl. And he's going to tell her what it is she needs to know. And then she has the privilege and the responsibility to respond to that, right? Now, she may get all kinds of, you know, kickback and all kinds of resistance from other people or whatever, but she just has to say, no, I don't care what you say about this, dude. I'm going to be a follower of Jesus, and I'm going to do what he said, you know? And sometimes when you do that, they get madder. You know, he gets, it gets hotter in the kitchen, but the reality is, you just got to say, I don't care. I mean, I love you, man, but I am not going to succumb to the misbehavior of other people. Praise God. I'm going to be a doer of the word. Are you with me? Now, if you want to talk all ugly and everything like that, you're going to have to have a conversation with somebody else because I'm out. Are you listening to me? Guard your heart. 
with all diligence, for from it comes the issues of life. You need to be around people that put something into you, not take it out of you. Are you with me? Amen. Don't be hanging out with people, you know, that are fault-finding, you know, and always, you know, uh, got some funk, you know, that they want to talk to you about that is um, whatever. That's not your crew, okay? Go find somebody else that, praise God, I mean, you know, yeah, you get it. Is that right? Huh? So... Um, it's important, again, he sends his word, and his word, God's word, will produce exactly what it's sent to do where it is received. Huh? You know, you have a need in your life, praise God, then praise God, there's a word that can be received for it. All of God's work is done in faithfulness to his word. Now, I don't have time to get in it because we're up on the end of our hour here, but, you know, when God... um, told the the nation of Israel, he said, I give you the land, okay, the land of Canaan. It was a promise that he made to Abraham, and he told this generation, he said, it's yours. Now, here's the thing you got to realize. They didn't possess it at the time when he said, it's yours. I give it to you. They had to go and possess it. So when you read the Bible and it says, These things I've spoken unto you that in me you might have peace. In the world you're going to have tribulation, but I want you to be a good cheer because I overcame the world. So peace is yours. My peace give I to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Don't ever let your heart be troubled. Let it not be afraid. Well, those are things that you and I have to go into the promise and possess. Are you with me? And we can do that. We, how do you do that? You do it by faith. You say, this is mine, and I'm not going to be anxious for anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, I'm going to make my request known unto God, and the peace of God that passes all understanding is going to keep my heart and mind. And finally, brethren, whatever things are good and pure and just and holy and right, that's what I'm going to think about. Amen. Now, you know, when it comes to doing those kinds of things, it, it, there, it's, it can be a task. Because sometimes, you know, we're going down the road of life, minding our own business, and all of a sudden, man, we get assaulted by something or someone or whatever the case might be. And I tell you what, you got to realize at that moment, you're going to war whether you want to or not. And you can cave or you can say, whoa, wait, whoa, 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 nothing doing, not in my life. I rebuke you, Satan, in the name of Jesus. Because here's the thing, you guys, the devil plays for keeps. And he is a, uh, a strategist. And I've said this before, I'll say it again. You know, if I want to get to somebody, I don't, I'm not going to say something to them in a relationship that's clear out on the peripherals of that person's life. If I want to get to them, I'm going to find somebody that's right next to them to say something that cuts, that hurts, if I can. You with me? And then when that happens, the person who's had that happen to them, you have a decision that you're going to have to make. Are you with me? Are you going to resist the devil? Now, I'm not trying to suggest at all that when we hear these things or whatever's done in our lives, that they aren't real. They are absolutely real. 
But you got to see what's going on when it comes to the tactics and the schemes of the devil. Don't stick your foot in that trap. Huh? Live, rise above it. Be bigger, you know, than whatever it is that comes against you. Because the devil, he hates your success. He, say, he hates your joy. He hates your peace. He hates all of those kind of things. So if, I want, if I'm wanting to destroy you, dude, I'm coming at you with all this stuff to try to undermine the things that you have believed in your life so that I can, you know, get to you. And then I'll watch you self-destruct. <coughs> Excuse me. But we're not going to let that happen. Can you say amen? <coughs> anyway, I was talking to you about uh, the nation of Israel. It's a wild story, man. Think about it. I mean, when, when God made Moses a deliverer, and they went through all of these different kinds of things and came out with a mighty hand, all the uh, stuff that occurred, and he delivered them, you know, in such marvelous ways. And even at that, these bunch of stiff-necked outfits, what was the deal? They didn't receive the word. They didn't want to obey God. They didn't want to you know, in meekness, receive the engrafted word, which is able to say, no, nah, we don't need you. You know, there are folks like that. Not you, other people that aren't here. Hmm? Well, after 10 different instances where God showed himself so strong in their lives, he said, you know what? That's it. I'm done. And, then they're, and now they're backpedaling. Uh, in that human, oh, hey, 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 no, 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 we'll do it. Too late. You know, sometimes, you know, you know, uh, people, if they don't repent, you get to a place where it's over. In 40-some years of ministry, I've watched people come in here as couples, and finally one of them, usually it's a gal, she comes in and says, Pastor, it's been wonderful, and I thank you for everything you've done, but I'm done. And when you hear that dude they're done because they have put up with all this nonsense and misbehavior and bad treatment and all that, you know, and the guy, you know, is just, you know, playing the game and, and whatever it is that he's doing doesn't make any difference. And then he can't figure it out. My God, what's the matter with her? Dude, she has been putting up with your junk for like decades. So what do you expect? Well, so Israel, back to Israel. Let's not talk about that anymore. You know, back to Israel. God said, you know, I'm done. And he said, all you're going to want around the wilderness until you're all dead. You'll never see the promise manifested in your life. Did God want them in that land? Absolutely. But they are the ones who chose. Are you with me? Now, Josh and Caleb of that generation, only two. Think about that. They're the only two of all of that generation that went into the promised land. So we have to wait till everybody dies. I'm talking about duration here, you know. So I don't know how long that took. What? A long time, 40 years. And now we're finally down to where, thank God, we can make a move. And so they went in, but they had to possess it. And there was 12 tribes. There was some ground that they had taken on this side of Jordan. And two or two and a half of the tribes got most of that. But there was another, you know, nine and a half that had to go in there. And, and they had to go help them. Huh? 
possessed their land, and they did it. Now, when Joshua was about to die, he makes this statement. I'm trying to close. It says, The Lord gave unto Israel all the land which he swore to, uh, to give to their fathers, and they possessed it and dwelt therein. Come on now. Praise God. You know, I tell you what, glory to God, maybe you want to you, do a little possessing. Huh? I want to better this. I want this to change. I want to do this. I want to accomplish something here. Huh? You know, let purpose rise up on the inside of you, new and fresh. Glory to God. So anyway, <clears throat> they possessed it and they dwelt therein. And the Lord gave them rest round about according to all that he swore unto their fathers, and there stood not a man of all of their enemies before them. The Lord delivered all of their enemies into their hand. There failed not aught, nothing, of any good thing which the Lord had spoken to the house of Israel. All of it came to pass. And the same thing's true for you, my friend. I mean, everybody say it together, God's not done with me yet. No, he is not. Hallelujah. But, but I tell you what, praise God, we're going to have to make some, uh, boy, I got a lot of other stuff I'd love to talk to you about, but we're out of time. Did you know that we're out of time? We're out of time. But you'll just have to come back next week or whenever, and we'll talk about it some more. That'd be all right? Did y'all learn something tonight? You know, really, I just think, I want to exhort you, encourage you. Come on, let's be doers of the Word of God. If we need to get something, you know, let's stop the blame game. I think sometimes, you know, that's a, it's a subtle thing, you know, that kind of creeps into our lives, and we want to place blame on this or that or the other. Let's take inventory here a little bit. Come on now. You know, let's, let's just do a little bit of an um, analysis, if you want to call it, and ask ourselves, you know, is that what I'm doing here? You know, what's going on in my, in my way of thinking here, you know? Well, if it wasn't for this person, I'd be a lot further down the road. You know, well, they're standing in my way. They're keeping me from this or whatever, whatever, whatever. You know, aren't you glad Joseph didn't do that? This guy, I mean, come on now. I mean, his brothers were a bunch of clowns, sold him into slavery. You want to get mad about something? That guy had a platform to be, be mad, but he didn't. He ended up, you know, in Potiphar's house and served him well. He didn't, he, didn't, he didn't get bitter. He got better. I mean, everything in Potiphar's house began to prosper because of Joseph's hand. And so he's doing good. I mean, everything's great. And, and, and minding his own business, the wife comes along and says, hey, I like you a lot. Let's go do some things we shouldn't do. He said, how can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? I can't do this. There's nothing that Potiphar hasn't given to me. You know, you don't, I know, huh? You're off limits. And so what ends up happening? She lies about it. You know, and he ends up where? In prison. Now, you want to get bitter? This guy's got a reason. Every time I try to do something good, bad happens. Huh? Now, you would think, you know, that, I mean, and, and all of us, I mean, in the natural, we'd say, yeah, man, Joseph, oh, come on, man. It's been rough. I mean, people have just done you wrong, and I'm, 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 I'm. you have every right, blah, 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 blah. But he didn't do that. He got down there in that prison. He said, this place is a mess. Let's get this thing cleaned up. 
Let's try, here, come on, come on, help me. Let's get this going. And pretty soon, the, the jail keeper, they weren't doing anything. They just let Joseph do it. Hey, can you, yeah, no problem, we got it. See, the thing of it is, you got to realize, praise God, that you might be in prison, but the prison doesn't have to be in you. You may be, you know, dealing with a deal or whatever the case might be, but praise God, that, that doesn't identify who you are unless you let it. Everybody say, we ain't doing that. Yeah, you're not doing that, praise God. You're going to go on believing the Word of God because in the end, this guy became the prime minister of all of Egypt. Huh? And not only that, he was elevated, and I mean, he was promoted, he was blessed, and here's the thing, the dreams that God gave him, they came true. But if he didn't stay the course, none of that would ever happen. Let's stand, everybody. Hallelujah. Everybody say it together. The best best. is yet to come. come. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Amen. I don't know when Jesus is coming. You know, you say, well, from the looks of things around here, it ain't going to be long. That might be, but he told us to occupy until he comes. So what do you want to do? What plans do you have? What are you going to, what's going to happen in the next three to five years of your life? You say, well, you know, Jesus is going to come here before that. Maybe. But it's like I said Sunday, when I was, a, when I, was I don't even know how old I would have been. And maybe 25, 30 years old. Guy writes a book, 88 Reasons Why Jesus is Coming in 1988. Guess what? We blew through that. Are you listening to me? So I don't know, but I know him. And he said, praise God, occupy until I come. Do your business. Make your plans. Rejoice in the God of your salvation. And you'll be blessed. Amen? Let's pray. Father, tonight... I just thank you, Father, for those that are here this evening, those that have been watching online. And God, I know that you have a plan for each and every one of us. And though we live in perilous times, Father, I thank you, glory to God, it doesn't change your purpose. So God, help us to live big in you and to do the work of Jesus, to do the work of God, to do your plans and your purposes until Jesus comes. And God, I thank you for your encouragement tonight those that are gathered here and those that are watching, that, Father, they can be encouraged in their life. And maybe they just need to, you know, they just need to offload and and get rid of some stuff in terms of the way they've been thinking and their attitudes and whatever it is that maybe has been controlling their lives. And, God, I just thank you, Father God, for fresh oil and grace to come into each and every one of their hearts and that peace, Father, would serve as the umpire as it should be in their lives. I want you to make this confession of your faith with me. Say this with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for your promises and everything that you've said concerning my life. And I receive your blessing with meekness. And I thank you, Lord, for showing me your path, the way you want me to go, the things you want me to do. Help me, Father, to be a doer of the word and not just a hearer only. And I know that I will be blessed in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Praise God. Isn't it true? God's word's true, baby.